days on Nine Gardener. Did you know that where you live, you can grow gorgeous vegetables, herbs, and flowers year round? In the Wild Child Garden, we harvest 52 weeks a year. There's never a need for cover crops, never a time when we can't plant something, and there's always room to add beauty to our garden space. I'm going to inspire you to turn your garden into a wild child garden right here on the Wild Child Kitchen Gardening Podcast. I'm Kelly Johnson, founder of Wild Child Kitchen Gardens and your host. I teach busy women how to grow gorgeous food in any space. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dig in. Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode number four, and today we are digging into flowers in the wild child garden. Today, I want to talk to you about flowers, particularly in the cool season. Now, you might be thinking that not many flowers are bloomers during the colder weather, but I hope that today I can inspire you to give these guys a chance in your garden. And here's why. Flowers bring the garden to life. They're the cherry on top. They are what creates that magic that you are hoping for and dreaming of in your backyard garden space. And they're also very good for your garden. They bring balance by bringing in beneficial insects of all kinds, pollinators that are going to increase your harvest, and they complete the nutrient cycle in your soil. This is really important. Everything that goes into our soil must be something that benefits our soil. And these flowers I'm going to tell you about today absolutely do. When you add flowers to your vegetable garden, be prepared for good things to happen. These five flowers I'm going to share with you today are must-grows for me and any wild child garden that I design. I know that you're going to love them, so let's dig in. The group of flowers that I'm going to share with you today all fall into the category of what we call hardy annuals. We call them this because they can withstand cold temperatures, and that's what we're looking for this time of year. I don't know how to tell you this, but what you've probably got growing out there right now is not going to last much longer. Your zinnias and sunflowers and even your marigolds are on their way out. In fact, I recommend going ahead and replacing them now while they're still beautiful. As hard as it is to pull them up with beautiful blooms still on them, it's much better than to watch them just hit their decline. And that is really what's going to start happening now that the weather is cooling off. Go ahead and get them out now and replace them with some plants that are going to do better for you in the colder season. And if you do it early, then what you end up with are nice established plants before those cold snaps start hitting. That's going to be really important to how well they perform for you. Now, like I told you, these are all going to be plants that don't mind the cold weather at all. And a few of them won't prefer temperatures that are below freezing. But I'll share with you how you can protect them in those overnight drops in temperature to keep them flowering for you. Now, let's get started with my very favorite cool season flower ever to plant in my garden. That is going to be violas and pansies. I love them. The viola and pansy look very similar, just the viola flower is smaller, but they look exactly the same. So I like to plant both just because of the variety and mixture that you can get in your beds. 
I will put these on the outside edges of my vegetable gardens and in the corners, as well as in their own containers throughout the garden. I like to do this because one thing you got to know about these flowers is that they're going to take over. I love that about them, right? But what's going to end up happening is they're really plants that grow close to the ground and that spread. So if you put them up underneath a cabbage or a broccoli, they're just going to get smothered out and you're not going to get the show that you're looking for. Put them on the edges of your beds and in the corners and a couple of things are going to happen. First, they're going to put on a beautiful show for you and everybody's going to be able to see it. Second, When you go to remove those cabbages and cauliflower after they're finished producing, you won't disturb the flowers at all. That means that whenever you go to plant for spring, when the temperatures are still nice and cool and it's not really time yet for those warm season flowers, you're still going to have these beauties blooming away and you can leave them right where they are and replace them when the weather warms up. If they're in the middle of the bed, they're just going to get in the way. Plant them on the edges and in the corners, and you are going to see a beautiful show of color all season long. Violas and pansies are also edible. I love this in the cool season because I love creating herb butter. If you've never created herb butter before, it's so simple. All you have to do is let your butter come to room temperature and make sure that you're using real butter. The better the quality, the better the product. So let your butter come to room temperature and then go ahead and whip in any herbs you want and a little bit of sea salt. My favorite is rosemary. I love to just whip in some chopped rosemary and a little bit of sea salt. And then you're gonna put that butter onto some saran wrap. Roll it up really nice and tight and create a log. Put it in the refrigerator and when it hardens and you bring it back out and unroll it, you can actually press these flowers into the top of the butter, making a beautiful presentation. It's also an excellent gift for the holidays. I'll be sharing lots more of these tips in my week-long holiday special called Comfort and Joy, A Wild Child Holiday. I would love to have you join me for that. It is going to be amazing and you are going to have a holiday like you can't believe you can sign up at releaseyourinnerwildchild.com slash fall the next flower on my list is one that i grow year round and i would love for you to try too it's sweet alyssum and if you've never grown this dainty delicate little white flower you have to try it this season i plant sweet alyssum in the corners because it loves to drape and trail This is super important because when I put it in the corner, it allows my root to get all the nutrients it needs, but the flower doesn't take up any space at all. Actually, all the space it's using is on the outside of the bed. For that reason, I love to plant them in the corners and along the edges of my beds because they are a showstopper. The hummingbirds love them, the butterflies love them, and the bees do too. These are pollinator magnets, and you're going to love them just as much. Try Sweet Alyssum this fall. Make sure you cover it in a frost with just a nice thin cloth or a bed sheet. Remove the cloth the next morning, and it will keep on blooming for you all season long. Sweet Alyssum is a must-grow in the wild child garden. So you really want to grow violas and pansies and Sweet Alyssum from Transplant. 
This is super important because they take forever to get up and blooming. When you buy them at the store, you're already getting ones that have blooms on them and that are ready to bloom again. Choose transplants for those. But for the next flower, definitely choose a seed. And that's because we have to trick the system a little bit in order to get these babies blooming in the cool season. And if you go to any nursery in Zone 9, they're going to tell you that you can't grow these in the fall. But I'm here to tell you, yes, you can. That is nasturtium. If you've never grown nasturtiums, you're going to be in for a treat. Nasturtiums are edible. They bloom big, gorgeous, fall-colored flowers, oranges, reds, and yellows. And they trail and vine, which again, you know what I love. I love them spilling outside of the beds. So beautiful in the fall season. Nasturtiums are excellent to grow by seed. And that's because you're just not going to find them as a transplant. They don't really like to have their roots disturbed. They don't do well when transplanted. And the bottom line is the nurseries just don't carry them around here. So you really are going to need to get a pack of seeds. And lucky enough for us, the nurseries have all the seeds we need. Pick a pack of seeds and either soak them overnight or Scuff them up just a little bit on the edges with a fingernail file or a dull butter knife just to kind of disturb that seed shell just a tiny bit and then plant them and keep the soil moist and they will sprout in just a couple of days. Now they like that soil to be nice and cool so wait to plant them until it cools off for good but once you plant them you are going to be amazed at how fast they grow. You're also going to be amazed at how great they taste and how well they present in a salad. Absolutely gorgeous. Nasturtiums are super fun, but they don't like freezing temperatures. And the problem is with nasturtiums is that what tends to happen is they get really, really big and then the first frost comes. Here's how I fix that. Once they get big and are draping out of the bed and the frost is about to come that night, I will put my nasturtiums in a garbage bag from the bottom of the plant that's almost touching the ground all the way up and over the plant. Then I will lay a blanket on top. This protects them and allows you to get all of the plant inside of an insulated blanket, which will keep them from dying in the frost. This is why the nurseries tell you that you can't grow them in the fall. But this is why I want to grow them in the fall. They handle cool temperatures much better than they handle hot. You can always cover, but remember, you can't get the heat to go away. And what ends up happening is as soon as it warms up, your nasturtiums are going to die. Plant them now and enjoy them while you can. Next on the list is another seed I want you to grab. Although you might get lucky and find these as a transplant in the nursery. I've been hearing about them here lately. That's calendula. Calendula is gorgeous. It looks sort of like a sunflower, a little bit like a daisy, but it is so good for you and it's edible. You can put it in a tea for soothing anti-inflammatory, antimicrobial properties. It's also loaded with antioxidants. You can make skin creams with it. It's excellent for eczema and other skin flare-ups. And it's just an overall good skin treatment and wound healer. So I love to take the dried petals, put them in a warm Epsom salt bath. Calendula is just all around good. It's great to relax you enlighten your mood 
I love to grow it, and this is the time you want to plant it. I'm telling you, if you grow calendula once, you probably won't ever have to plant it again. It reseeds itself and just keeps coming back year after year. You're going to love it. Check out calendula and plant it by seed this season. Finally, I want to share with you the crown jewel of the fall garden. That's sweet peas. If you've never grown sweet peas before, you're going to want to try them this season. And I'm going to tell you why. First and foremost, they want to climb on an arch or a trellis. Now, here's a pop quiz. What else wants to climb on a trellis or an arch in the cool season? Yeah, nothing. (laughs) You've got empty trellises and you've probably got some empty arches too. Put sweet peas on them because you are going to love the color. Sweet peas are dainty. They're fun. They grow so well in the cool season and they don't flinch at cold weather. They're also gorgeous. So plant some sweet pea seeds this season, and I promise you, you won't be mad about it at all. You can also cut them for bouquets. They're excellent paired with some calendula, paired with some sweet alyssum, little rosemary, some parsley. Make a bouquet for that of that and put that all over your house. You will not believe what it will do for your senses and the mood of those that you love. I love to grow these, and I think that you will too. Just like the rest of the flowers that we've been talking about, you want to get them in the ground now. You want them to get up and growing before the cool weather gets here and before we lose all of the daylight hours. It's really important that you get these hardy annuals in the ground before the first frost. You really want to give them a chance to sprout and get growing. Trust me on this. You will have a much better result if you plant them now. So I know that I'm the one that's breaking the bad news that you need to go ahead and get rid of your zinnias. But trust me, you won't regret it. In the wild child gardening world, we say that we're half Martha Stewart and half Snoop Dogg. This is when we have to pull out our Snoop. We have to go garden gangster just a little bit and yank out the plants while they still are blooming beautifully. I'm telling you though, if you do that, you will be so, so happy. I hope this episode has given you a good look at a wild child garden, how it compares to a symphony, and I hope that you see yourself as the conductor. This philosophy is how we grow so much in a small space and how we make our garden so beautiful and so uniquely us. The wild child garden is not just a space to grow food for your belly, but it's also where you will grow for your soul. I want you to experience this method of gardening because I know it works. And because I know that when you release your inner wild child, you will heal your soul. You can get more information about how you can grow with me at www.releaseyourinnerwildchild.com. Thank you so much for joining me here. I'm so excited to share more with you. So stay tuned and I will see you soon.